Welcome back to the Campbell's Gambles podcast. Uh, we're here for episode 13 now, so bit of a bit of a long season, but um, yeah, it looks like we're finally coming towards the end of it, Jason. Um, keen for a big ending to the Queensland Racing Carnival. Oh, Ken is an understatement. I honestly, this is my favorite, one of my favorite race days of uh, the entire year, funnily enough. Um, still get goosebumps thinking of one of my favorite horses, the Autumn Sun, saluting down the oh, outside of JJ. Um, I was waiting for you to say it. I was yeah, waiting. Honestly, that was a great day. Ty Zoman yeah. in a spread broke a couple of years ago. That was a great day. Eagle mm-hmm. Farm, it just it gives every horse the best opportunity to win a race. I think it's one of the most fairest tracks in Australia. You generally can't make excuses for horses. Um, and I just love this day. I, I love Queensland racing, big fan of it. Way better than Victorian mm-hmm. racing. Victorian racing goes suck <laughs> it. Um, that's what our Victorian friends out there. Um, but no, I'm really excited. What about you, Blake? You keen for today? Uh, tomorrow? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Keen, keen as a bloody bean. Um, yeah, it's it's... I don't know. It's a bit bittersweet coming to coming to the end. There's not really much much else happening until we get to the spring, really. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a, a bit of a downer on um, on Sunday morning, I think. But yeah, we'll we'll enjoy Saturday first. Um, yeah, just um, to the nitty gritty. We're sponsored by Dabble still. Mm. Um, great bookie. Get him get involved with Dabble and uh, check him out on the App Store, Google Play. Um, more more about dabble in the rest of the podcast but we chew your ear off every week about it so if you're listening week in week out i'm sure you have already tried them and if you haven't i don't know what you're doing you got your fingers in the in your ears your head in the sand but um yeah go give it a crack it's a great um great new bookie um yeah plenty of plenty of interactive features on the app so check that out um we're going to eagle farm obviously queensland and track conditions weather and bias for saturday more sun somehow. Um, looks like the rain's all all gone past us and down to Melbourne, which um, I'm not complaining. But um, the rail's out four meters, and track at this stage looks like it's going to be a good three, good four. You got any uh, ideas on how the track's going to play, Jason? Yes, um, I just think it's been a little bit a touch touch leaderish. However, last week I thought we saw during towards the end of the program. Horses towards the outside making good ground. Um, there was a horse, Gypsy Goddess, obviously won the group one. We'll go into that a bit later. Um, there was a horse in the race previous to that. I can't think of its name. You might know, but it came down the outside and won. So I think that might be the um, pattern of the day tomorrow. You might want to be drawn out a little bit and going towards the middle to outside parts, just like we saw um, in the JJ and Stradbroken last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that's a big point to mention is the last few years in this meeting, there's been a lot of horses coming from the back of the field. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen again this um, this year, especially given you've got the quality of horses to be able to do that, even if the track is playing sort of fairly and not heavily favouring horses coming to the outside. Um, you've got the horses in the race who are able to sort of overcome um that difficulty so yeah look out for that punters um race three we'll start off with which is the brizzy cup mm. um we've got interesting field here and it's um yeah i wouldn't call it the um the most exciting race um few few hardened battlers um lining up here from all around australia it's interesting to line up some of the form lines it feels like a bit of a highway at randwick i thought um yeah, plenty of form lines and a little bit difficult to interpret. Um, you got any read on that, Jason? First of all, shout out to the bloke that named this race. Just thoughts right outside the box and named it the Brisbane Cup. Well done, buddy. Um, really, that's that's as bad as the Newcastle Greyhound race tomorrow night. It's called the 7.15. Like, come on now. Be a bit... No comment. I don't even want to go into it. It's ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation <laughs> into this. Someone's got to be held accountable. Um, Brizzy Cup, Brizzy Cup. I'm with Sweet Thomas. Disgusting beat last time. If you were on it, go away. Um, it's just a disgusting race, this. I will definitely be going to make an English tea uh, during, during this run because I feel like the commentator, Josh Fleming, will probably use the words played again, Sam, or, or you know, I sound like a broken record. They're in the same order and whatnot. So we'll see what happens. But Rachel King on stays. I'm a big fan of her on stays. This Gallopers had two starts to the track. As I mentioned, an unlucky second last time to Splendiferous in the Premier's Cup. And before that, has actually run third in this race. Out to the 3,200 now suits. Uh, he's a 10-year-old gelding, so he's got to bring up his eighth win in his 70th start at the age of 10 years old. And he's got to crack the 700-figure mark tomorrow. So that is race three, number four, Sweet Thomas. What about you, Blake Oss? Um, I found it I found it pretty tough to be confident with much in the race personally. I don't think I don't think there's many horses in this race that are showing, you know, incredible promise. Um, and that I put particular emphasis with that statement on the favorite through Irish eyes because to put it plain and simple, I've had enough of this guy. Um, he's he's promised a lot more than he's given. Um it, like you look through his record, he's you know he's been thereabouts in in most of his races. He won a couple of races last prep, but they weren't against you know top top opposition. And um, yeah, there's been plenty of raps on him throughout his his career, and he just I feel like he's just not you know he's just a level below um, the best, which I can't have him favourite you know on that here. So. I think it's a race where you can find a little bit of value um, just because all these horses are yeah, a little bit battle hard and pluggers and nothing sort of stands out off the page. Uh, Sweet Thomas sort of goes against that a bit. He stands out off the page. If you watched last start replay was brutally held up and definitely should have won the race, but I have, I'm, I'm massively against backing 10 year olds pretty much in general. If you're ever going to back one, this is probably the one to get on. But um, yeah, I'm going to stick solid with with my um, with my betting strategy. So I won't be getting on a on a ten year old. But um, I thought King of Lear Grants was interesting just because he's made the the thirty two hundred before and won. Um, that's obviously you know a big plus when you're going back to the thirty two hundred. A lot of these horses haven't gone and tried distances even close to that. To that range yet so um sweet thomas obviously is one that has so there's there's a plus for you there if you're you know listening to jason as well but apart from apart from sweet thomas and king of leagrants there's not not many in this race that have done that so i think king of leagrants is maybe an interesting one at almost double figures but i don't think there's too much more uh, we can we need to say on that race so we'll move on quickly um to race four which is the gunsing classic it's a group three for the three-year-olds um, and the main lead-up race is the Fred Best, um, which pretty much all of the main chances in this in this field come out of. Um, Flying Crazy, Kiss Some, Battleton, and Lock Eagle, Eagle, the top four, all come out of that race. Um, any any thoughts on this race, Jason? Uh, looking at one of these runners, I just feel sick. Sick to my guts looking at it. Um, Flying Crazy. Oh. As uh, Once again, if you backed him last time, I... I decide to get those cotton buds and just stick them as deep as you can into your drums. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> he was dead set. Oh, it's hard to say good thing beat him when he came eight, beat two and a half, but wow, he was not seen. He didn't see the light of day, the, the young fella. Before that, two starts ago, uh, he won in impressive fashion at Scone in a listed race and start before that 1,400 metres listed race at Eagle Farm, Daybreak Lover. Uh, this horse has the running style that should suit a track that I expect to be playing towards back markers uh, and horses that can swoop. He's already been heavily supported in this market. He's got to love the firm going. Um, and I know he has to turn the tables on a few of these runners, in, more in particular Kissam and Belton, but Jesus, I, I honestly think he is weighted to be an absolute moral a 97 rater going up against 83 raters and he's carrying the same weight. Like realistically speaking, if this was a handicap, 
he'd be carrying seven kilos more than Kiss Sum. So I think he's terrific in the right weights. I think the only thing that beats him is bad luck or a slow tempo. Big wraps. Big, big wraps on that favorite there, Jason. So um interesting, interesting segue into the horse that I'm gonna or the horses that I'm gonna mention for this race. Um again, not a race that I have a whole lot of confidence in. Having those four runners come out of the same form line last time, it's you always kind of, you know, clutching at straws, really trying to trying to find, you know, little little margins between horses. But flying crazy was definitely unlucky. Um if flying crazy gets out in that race, it's just a question of, you know, how what's the margin then between it and Kiss Sum? Because now obviously Kiss Sum's drawn well again and flying crazy's not drawn the best again. So you're gonna have to take into account the fact that flying crazy might get into a little bit of trouble. You'd assume it won't get into as much as it did last time, but even if it gets held up minorly, what are the margins gonna be um, uh, like this time versus last time? Um, uh, Kiss Sum for me is is the the high percentage play in this race just because, like I said, he's drawn well again. Um, he was in the black book before the last uh, the last race where he ran second, and I thought he was a, well. He was definitely a much better price there, where he was basically he touched double figures um, before the start of the race. So it was definitely a much better price there. But I think he'll run well again here um, from Barrier Four, and you know what you're going to get with him. He'll get, he'll get a much better position than than flying crazy will. Um, and you know, if he gets the good run from barrier four, even if he is one off the rail, I think he'll be the first one getting a crack in the straight. Um, and yeah, like I said, if flying crazy does for whatever reason encounter some traffic or bad luck in the race, I think Kissam will be the one that's winning. Um, I thought Lock Eagle was really interesting last start as well. I'm I'm hesitant to back him here, even though. Um, I thought he was, I thought he was the best run visually, you know, obviously flying crazy was unlucky, but Lock Eagle stormed home. It, he got, he got completely restrained from barrier 16 last start in that same race. Um, and he was like, he was like three lengths last at one point, which it looked like he was just completely out of the race. And he really, really rattled home strongly to only miss by one and a half lengths or so. Bowman's aboard again. He's drawn wide again, um, but he gets up obviously from the 14 to the 1600 this time. Um, it's just, you know, on, on that, on face value, that run looks like he'll, he'll nail the 1600 meters and he'll just get extra time to, to rattle home from the rear of the field. But he's tried the mile before um, and he didn't, he didn't fire at all. Um, he he tired late in that run, sat, sat closer to the speed in, the, in that run. Um, but I suspect they'll probably try a similar tactic here with him not having barrier 16 in a massive field of horses. Um, he, he's a decent beginner. So if they do try and settle him a little bit closer, it's just a query of whether he does the same thing as he did the last time he tried 1600, which is fade late. Um, so that's the reason I'm, I'm a bit hesitant with Lock Evil, but I, yeah. I think his son for me, you know what you're going to get. Um, he's been in the black book for a while. I believe he's a good horse. So um, let's just hope that he shows it on Saturday. Mm, yeah. In regards to uh, the flying crazy in Kissum head to head and trying to see where given both runners had luck last time, what the times and margins would have been. The four to the two, you have Flying Crazy running 11.10, whereas Kissum ran 11.24. So that's roughly a length. Last 200 metres, obviously, Flying Crazy runs 12.06 and Kissum runs 11.92. I think Flying Crazy, it's fair to say, would have run within a length of Kissum. Would he have beaten him? Possibly not. However, up to the 1,600. It's, Blake makes a relevant point. It is the more high percentage play to be with Kissum. I'm just sick and I love watching the back line. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think flying crazy is too good. But Lock Eagle, a very interesting runner too. Very interesting runner. He actually ran the fastest last run of me out of that race, 11.61, which was a length faster than Mokalua, who was the second fastest, 11.76. So uh, I'll let you move on to the next race, Blake. No worries. So race six, we're, we're going to now. We'll skip race five. And um, it's the last of the big races before we get to the two group ones. Um, but 
we'll get to those later. We're going to the Q22 over the 2200 meters at group two level. So there's a bloody lot of twos there. Um, too many twos for me. Too many twos, yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, the market's headed by Ecuador, who has a big, big scalp from uh, from his last race. Or I mean, it doesn't look like that big of a scalp the way that that horse ran, but it was Zaki um, last start. So Ecuador's now favourite in in the market, and there's no Zaki, MIA. Yeah, well, he's just in the feed bin, and he said I might just skip this one. I don't want to get embarrassed again. Has a has a long <laughs> favourite, so uh, good riddance, Zaki. Jeez, he's another overhyped horse. Like, don't get me wrong, he's he's probably one of the more thrilling and exciting what uh, horses to watch on his day. But wow, they just throw the term around champion very loosely. There's not many champions out there, uh, and I think the debate in regards to very elegant being a champion is quite. That's being put to bed now, in my opinion, with that Melbourne Cup win. But but Zaki was kind of getting compared to her, and I just thought that was disgusting. Come on now, you, you have to be winning one of the weakest Dubin Cups. That's what the that's what the tabloids were saying. One of the weakest Dubin Cups, and to not even I don't do you won top three? Did you run fourth? I think fifth. I don't even know. It was disgusting. Well, it, was a, it was a narrow narrow margin for third. But oh, apologies, apologies. Got the third yeah. place prize money. We take Either that way. Either way. Either way. Can't be, can't be running third at those odds. No, no, it's not good. Um, speed. Where does the speed come from in this race? Do you reckon uh, LaDon V after his win first up at Flemington will go forward this time up, up to 2,400? Uh, it, it looks like a race devoid of speed. That's the term yeah. we use here. Mm. Um, and for that reason, I'm just going to jump right in here. I want to be on a horse with a bit of upside. Um Possibly with one of the better turns of foot in the races in the race, and that is, funnily enough, didn't think I'd be saying this, but New Marion, New Marion at a quite a big quote. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, JC. Oh wow, liking it. Oh, okay. This is good. This is good. We're... Come on, give him a spruiking. I'm waiting. All right, so Numerian, I thought he finally, the last couple of runs, he's had, he's had, he came here with huge wraps, huge wraps, this horse. And these last two runs, he's come second to Polly Gray. Yes, he was beat five and a half lengths, but it was a heavy eight track at Randwick over the 2,000 metres. That is up, that is up Polly's, Polly, Gray, uh, Polly Gray's wheelhouse straight away. Came out last time, won the Gosford Cup quite impressively in front of Great House, who has since come out and obviously won, uh, run very well in that race behind Hueta, however you want to pronounce the bloke's name. Um, and Great House actually ran the fastest last 20 metres out of that race. So obviously that form has stacked up. I just feel like from Barrier 5 here, he's one of the few runners that has proven he can sit forward. Not sure if he can run out the trip as strong as some of these runners. However, we know we're, what we're going to get at 12 to 1. Um, T Berry on board once again. I just don't see how this bloke doesn't run a cheeky little race here. Just just a little kick at the top of the straight, give the punter something to cheer home, a bit like Dixie Gambles. Definitely, definitely agree with that. Um what do you think of what do you think of the favorite, Jason? Because um I, I know in in sort of recent times, this is the winner of this race often comes through the Dubin Cup and runs well in the Dubin Cup. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I thought Weddle was was deserving favourite. Um, and I thought, you know, I did like Numerian as well, but I just thought that form line, obviously you said it did stack up, but having had the run at Eagle Farm over the 2100 going up to 22, it's basically the same thing, um, having the same run at the same spot, whereas mm. Numerian's now got to come to Queensland and, and do the same thing. Um, do you think Weddle deserves to be short um, as favourite here? Oh yeah, for sure. That that win last time was very classy, um, and yeah, it's it's just hard to to knock him as favourite. I guess just the one knock is, you know, do you want to dive into the three dollars? Um, considering you could you could you were getting five times the price last time, you're drawn a bit out, so you probably need to work the twenty two hundred start there, as we saw with. Um, Gypsy Goddess last week W Pike just went straight back to the rear that could be an option if not you might get stuck in the cheap seats out wide here in this big field that is a small possibility but I can't knock him as favourite I cannot knock him as favourite he's a deserved favourite 
it's just not a race I want to dive into the three dollars because I don't I don't think it's a race that that has a lot of class in it, and it wouldn't surprise me if a bunch of these runners had won this race. But um, it, you kick are you kicking up for him by the sounds of it? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, same same sort of boat as you. Um, I think he deserves to be favourite. Do I want to be pouring, you know, emptying my pockets at three dollars? Not particularly, um, but I think given uh, the sort of pattern of the last couple of years, the way the Doombin Cup does stack up um, for this race, I think I think Weddle will be the one to beat. And I think even if he doesn't win, it'll probably be, you know, he'll he'll probably be the thereabouts, you know, sort of in the top three, almost guaranteed. So um, depending on how he looks on the day, I'll, I'll, he'll definitely be um, in consider in very heavily considered for me um, to back. I think, yeah, I agree with Numerian as well. I think he was um, was an interesting value bet in the race. Um, and the other one that that sort of comes away from those form lines a bit is Colding. Um, I I have a soft spot for this, for this also. It, you know, it might be that that's talking here, but a $6.5 million winner and you look at this race and there is not another horse that's won close to a million. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, to be honest, but he has not had... He's just not shown any glimpses of form for a very, very long time. And I thought last start was the first sort of very brief glimpse of potential return to form, which got me very excited um, and excited enough to be interested in having something at the $26 here. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a bit of a stretch personally because he's been out of form for so long. Um, this is his first placing in, in a very, very long time. So... Uh, whether or not he can he can perform here is yeah it'll be interesting to see put it that way but um pikey aboard in those in these big races the 2200 meters um he'll definitely not be not be getting it wrong i don't think and um he's in very very astute hands in the wallace stable so 26 dollars that worse that you can there's worse you can do with your money than than have something on colding so colding numerian um decent value hopes and I thought the chosen one was pretty unlucky in the Doombin Cup not to finish closer with Opie Bosson who sticks again um, and he's a similar price to Numerian so he might also be worth um, worth having a look at Beautiful, alright, before we get into the Group 1 races, we're going to go back to last week and just talk about a few races we've changed up the schedule a little bit this week um, we'll start off with a political debate, um, that was uh, I guess CG's in, in, in CG Insights best bet of the week, um, and we got in by the skin of our teeth. And you could you could use a few other descriptive terms that won't be relevant for this podcast, but there were a few explicits yelled uh, while watching the TV. But um, did 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 you have a fill up there, Blake? I'm, I'm sensing. Oh you. yeah, just <laughs> wouldn't want to um... open again. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the compensation for the stress doesn't uh, wasn't accounted for by those winnings. So <laughs> I think um, yeah, no, a lot the, of people say that, but at the end of the day, you refresh your sports bet, your lad brokes, your bet fair, whatever, you, whoever you bet with, and just say you don't watch the race, it loses. You have zero. It wins by the skin of its teeth. You have your five hundred. It wins by fifty lamps. You have your five hundred. So at the end of the day. A win's a win. You take it. We move on. We'll see what he does this this week. It'll be interesting. I know mm. we're on um, opposing sides, but uh, Kiku was really good. Great tip there, Blake. Um, what do you think of that race? Yeah, I, I thought that was a, I thought that was a phenomenal race, and um, yeah, it was just great for me to see Kiku stand up and and just uh, re, you know sort of reinforce her her claims as being you know one of the top mares. Um, you know, in the, in this sort of company, they, they they have sort of intertwined form lines here and there. But um, yeah, I thought I said last week I said last week on the podcast that I thought Kiku had had the best form lines and the best form um, for the race, and I think she she demonstrated that she she was the best in the race and and won pretty well. Nudge was Nudge was good as well, um, and so was a tissue. But yeah, I thought Kiku had it um, had it pretty comfortably there. Mm. Yeah, she was she was the winner from a long way out. Once you read the race perfectly, once J Mac got into that perfect trailing position, she was really never going to lose. She got yeah. she got all the all the right runs. Um, 
a bit of pocket talk here. I didn't actually have money on her, but I thought Nudge was big run. She she was second yeah. up there, 1,200 out to 1,600. She was caught wide for a majority of the race, and then she eventually got over and sat outside the leader. She still had the tenacity to still be there in the finish. Um, I think she's one we could follow third up, and we might be able to make some money out of her. Um, she's yeah. going straight in the black book. If she, if she was to drop back in class, she's a massive get on. Uh, if she stays in the same class, it just depends how the race maps for her. Uh, Baller, dominant win, dominant win. Mm. And Wonderbar, you, you're on the money there, Wonderbar. Um, very good run for second down the outside. That was horse I was thinking about earlier when I said the horses were coming down the outside. It was Baller and Wonderbar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, um, that was a great watch, honestly. I, I had I had a lot of fun watching that race. Um, spewing Wonderbar ran second and didn't win, but yeah, um, you yeah, know all all props to to Baller and, and the Golan team. It was a great um great performance from the horse. So Kementari running third, doing what he does. I thought um I thought shooting for gold was was interesting. I I was pretty confident that he'd run well, and um, yeah, just. Just ran fourth there, but I, I think that horse will be um, will be going well in in his next next couple of runs. So I'd be keeping an eye on shooting for gold. Um, I thought there were a few things that went against him uh, on on Saturday, but yeah, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on shooting for gold going forward. Mm. And the big one on the day, uh, I can't say I watched many races on Saturday, but from the races I watched. Probably has to be. Oh no! It, from in my opinion, probably the run of the day. Gypsy goddess, that was um, huge. Like if you look at the statistics, other uh, the figures out of the race, she sustained a, a very very long run. Fastest twelve to the ten, fastest ten to the eight, fastest eight to the six, fastest six to the four, fastest four to the two, fastest two to the finish. She literally sustained a twelve hundred meter run there. Um, I honestly believe she's a very special mare. Oh, Philly, but will be a special mare. Not many horses can do that. Yes, she was probably uh, assisted by the speed in the race as well as mm. the track pattern. However, she's been doc- knocking on the door for a long time now on on those wet tracks in Sydney, and she's run a lot of seconds and thirds. And you know, I guess it just shows the people that uh, I guess kept the faith. I was thankfully one of them. Um, mm. But there was a lot of there was a lot of great runs in the race. You were on the mark there of Lavilli. I thought she was very good. Um, for yep. third, Barb Brader was was phenomenal once again. Um, and there was a few other runs in behind there. Smirk was really good, probably well out of her grade, and she, she was phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you can't really have there was no hard luck stories. Um, even if you uh, there wasn't, and uh, I was getting I was getting a few flashbacks there with with that run. Shades of a, another very smart mare winning Jewish Queensland Oaks. Jewish. Well, it's been one of those races the last couple of years. It's kind of a race where, well, even before, not Jewish, even even before that, some very, yeah. very, very oh, capable. Yes. yes very, very capable mares. Well, no, it's uh, one of that race. It's kind of a race where, where they all spread out. They always go a solid tempo. The best horse generally wins the race. Like we've seen the heights that Jewess has gone to his preparation, uh, last preparation. And, you know, Blake and I, Blake was the first person that found her off her first up run. And I just jumped on the bandwagon and then I became the assistant passenger in the, on the bloody, fl- on the, on the plane. But um, <laughs> yes, if, if this mayor or this filly, once she becomes a four-year-old mayor, if she, that win was as good as Jewess's win last, last year in this race. And there's no, nothing stopping her back, us, nothing stopping her from becoming a, a serious wait for age group one horse in, in three or four months time in the spring and into the autumn. So um, I'm really excited for her. Like it was, it was phenomenal win, phenomenal win. Very exciting. Very yes. exciting. Yes. Like. yes, it was. All right. We'll move on now. Hong Kong horse to follow Blake horse to follow or horse to back on Sunday. What are we doing? Well, uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> Either way, whichever way you put it, I'll be I'll be following this horse on Sunday. We'll put it that way. Um, we're going to the last race, so it'll be a bit of a get out stakes as well. If anyone's dug themselves a little bit of a hole, or we've dug it for them, <laughs> go Tinto. But, um, yeah, might be might be needing needing a little bit of excavating uh, on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night almost. But um, 
Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at number three in race eleven, uh, Private Rocket. Drawn really well, drawn barrier one. Lyle Hewitson's been aboard the last couple of starts. And for anyone who follows Hong Kong racing, Lyle Hewitson at the moment is on an absolute steamroll. He's just steamrolled the whole the whole racing scene over there. He's like he's won some some meetings. He's won on leaders in like four of the four of the nine races or you know, phenomenal numbers like that, um, which for Hong Kong is is really unheard of apart from Purton and Marrera, who honestly haven't haven't done things like that for a while. So Hewitson's almost announced himself as as being capable of doing things like that, um, which which has really excited me in the last couple of weeks. But he's aboard this horse private rocket uh, number three. And I thought it was pretty good last start. Um, led all the way from uh, wide gate barrier nine um, and just went down by half a length over uh, the 1400 meters at Chartin. So the team's elected obviously to drop him back 200 meters, which I don't mind. And um, drawn barrier one here, I think even if he doesn't lead, which I think he'll, he'll give a, he'll have a good crack at leading. There's a horse in this race team spirit who's drawn barrier six and has um, the apprentice aboard. So I think they'll just go handle Lars down with, with that horse, but, Private Rocket from Barrier One will be able to get his back, and um, on the C plus three course, that's exactly where you want to be. The rails out, I think it's about twelve to fourteen meters, um, somewhere in that region, which is hugely leader bias at any track, um, especially Chartin. So, if he's if he is leader's back, um, that'll be the spot to be, I think, on Sunday, and he'll be the one to beat. I expect him to be short in the market. Um, possibly favorite Perton's on a on a debutante for the Hayes team which uh is is interesting but I'm never too confident backing first starters unless they're they've shown phenomenal phenomenal ability but um yeah this one hasn't shown me enough um and Marrera's aboard a John Sires trained runner power cap but he's drawn barrier 11 so I think private rocket's the one to beat here clearly um and it'll be interesting to see what price we get but he's the horse for Sunday Beautiful. All right. Before you back Blake's horse, hopefully I can make you a bit of bank. On Sunday, also at Hawkesbury, the JC Trifiles return in the first race with number 13, John O'Shea trained premise on debut here with Reese Jones in the saddle. Reese trialed it on its first outing where I black booked it because I thought it was quite a soft trial. Thought it traveled really nicely into the race. And I black booked it on the prefix to see what it would do when it was asked for a little bit of pressure, hopefully in its next trial. Well, I've got some news for you guys. A trial on the 3rd of June at Royal Randwick ran fourth, beating four and a half lengths to encroachment. Um, and yes, it was asked for a effort. It found the line as good as anything. While a lot of horses were very hard ridden, it was just asked for a little quiet effort, went through the line nice and well. Friends and Abdullah was on that time. Does draw barrier 12 on this occasion. One scratching already, so into barrier 11. However, it has shown tartiness at the barriers both times. So 11 doesn't really worry me so much because it's going to get back anyway. It's a race with good speed with the rail in the true position over the 1,400 metres. Waterhouse has two runners engaged from wide barriers, one with blinkers on first time. So you can imagine there's got to be good speed in the race. We're getting $10 about this about this two-year-old filly. I think she's quite smart. She might not be um, all there currently. However, I think she's one where we can follow, uh, whether it's this preparation, next preparation, but uh, we'll get a win out of her. She, she looks like she has a little bit of a V8 engine under the bonnet. So that is Hawkesbury, Sunday, race one, number 13, premise. JC Trifiles back. How good is that? They've been gone for a long time. In the Blake Hong Kong. Back, eh? It's good to be back. Good to be back. back. Hopefully, all right. uh, hopefully we can cash in. Yeah, ten dollars. Normally they're about a dollar thirty. They're trifles, so <laughs> we've gone balls deep. But those uh, might be a dollar thirty by Sunday. Get on, uh, get on it, quick. It will be once we dig into it. Uh <laughs> we'll go on to. We don't have much time left because we've we've wasted not wasted a lot of time, but we've we've been blabbing on a lot. So we're going to race mm -hmm. seven, the first of the two group ones that we'll be covering. It is the JJ Atkins for the three. Is it for the three year olds? No, it's not. It's not. Is it for the two year olds? Two-year-olds. Two oh, this is disgusting. Sorry, I was still looking at Hawkesbury. It's full of two-year-olds. <laughs> two-year-olds over the mile. Um, and I'll let you take it away. You've already you've you've got the ride up here, and it, it does look very, very 
delicious. This, this yeah, thing. well, I mean, you go back through you go back through the uh, the winning history of this race, and it really is delicious. You got seven lengths combined, just utter dominance in the last three years. Converge, Rothfire, and the Autumn Sun, three very, very, very talented horses, and um, this was the race uh, where all of them sort of stepped up and just blitzed the field. Um, massive, massive performances by all of them, and this was. This was one of the one of the runs that um that said it or this was the run that set it all off for the autumn sun. So um yeah, very, very exciting race uh in in recent history. And I, I think it'll be another exciting race on Saturday. Sharp and smart, she's a belter and political debate are the three that are well found in the market. Um the, the market singled those three out and there's not too much between them in the market. They're all around the four to five dollar mark. So Sharp and smart and political debate obviously come out of the same form line, the Phoenix, which was last weekend. And she's a belter comes out of the size produce, which was the week before, I believe. So uh, two form lines there uh, amongst the three sort of favoured horses in the market. Um, I think we're, we're on, we've got sort of very differing opinions here, Jason, but um, take it away with, with the one that you like and why. Well, as Blake's already mentioned too, it's a, it's a race for good horses. Um, funnily enough, there hasn't, I'm pretty sure the Phoenix is a new race because I don't think there has been a winner out of the, a, a JJ winner out of the Phoenix. Um, so with the runners that had the market coming out of that race last week, it'll be interesting to see if they can go on with it because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Converge came out of the Sires, Rothfire came out of the Sires and the Autumn Sun came from Sydney. So the last three years, uh, there's been Phoenix has been scrapped. But in saying that, in saying that, I'm with a Kiwi runner. I was I was keen on political debate. Um, I really, I really liked, I really was excited to see him on a wet uh, on a dry track after his few wet track runs because I thought he really let rip with like a with a really terrifying turn of speed, but he just kind of whacked away um, and he can't, in my opinion, he really got every chance possible. And I'm, I'm still, I still have no idea what I did to deserve that win. But um, <laughs> anyway, I'm with, I'm with sharp and smart. Uh, last week was probably the reason why I didn't really, I, I loaded up on political debate, but I, I could have put a lot more ammo on him, but I was just worried about this Kiwi runner um, because he's runs in New Zealand. He was green as grass on debut run completely off the track. Still managed to finish second, um, but it was a great taboo run. And then over the 1,600 metres at – I'm not even going to pronounce it. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> not even gonna, I'm not really – not. You can, have a, you can have a cheeky peek at the form guide yourself if you want yeah. to find out where that run was. Sorry to my Kiwi, my Kiwi friends out there. I don't want to disrespect trying to say that name. I don't really watch Kiwi, uh, the New Zealand races that much. So – I uh, thought that run was very, very good. It found the line like an absolute steam train, shot out of a gun, um, and was dominant in the end, winning a listed race at PP Park. Um, Eagle Farm last week drew the 10, raced ungenerously at the back of the field um, with H. Bowman on board, got on the arse of political debate down the straight, and heads up, heads down the finish, just went down a nose, Opened up second favourite in this race, whereas political debate opened up the favourite. I think the market is, in my opinion, trending the right way. I think political debate should be second favourite in this field, possibly even third favourite. Um, and I'm happy to be sharp sharp and smart up to the 1600 now. Uh, another one at odds I want to make a case for is the runner by the name of Brosnan. Thought he was very good that day at Flemington. I know he had every chance possible. Um, but I just thought he kind of didn't really know what it was all about, which is, you know, at this stage in their life, a lot of them have no idea what they're actually doing out there. Um, so I guess it's not an excuse I like to use, but, um, with a horse like this, it was kind of evident. They didn't really know how to put, put the race to bed. He was just sort of floating there for a little bit. Um, but before that, you know, he ran, he ran fourth, a very unlucky fourth on the size produce down, down the 1400 at Flemington. And he had a few very nice runs on wet tracks at Randwick. I think he's going to love Eagle Farm. Uh, 1,600 metres he's going to love. You won't miss him in the running. He's a big, ripping, grey, schnitzel, colt. 
um, and B. Abdullah ride for Sterling, Alexu, and Gerald Ryan. I think they're the two that I'm happy to be with, but form comes from everywhere. Um, and, you know, I can't disagree with Blake's selection, which I'll let him get into now. Yeah, uh, I'm well, I'm against you, Jason. I'm with Shiza Belter. And um, there's two main reasons for that. The first you already mentioned um, is the, the size produce. It has clearly been the form race uh, of late. And you did say the Phoenix um, is a relatively new race. So it's, I guess, a little bit biased, um, you know, with that in mind. But um, the second reason is that the Phoenix was last weekend. And these are two-year-old horses now backing up um, one week later um, into, into a massive, massive group one race. Um, you've got Shiza Belter, who was absolutely phenomenal winning the size produce. That was a massive, massive win um, two weeks ago. And Shiza Belter's coming up against political debate and Sharp and Smart, who there was not much between last weekend and now they've got to do it again a week later. Um, I, yeah, I, I think on that personally, I think she's a belter should be shorter. And I think that sharp and smart and political debate should be clear second and third favorites in the market. Um, but um, yeah, I, th I, I think that, I think there's a slight edge here for she's a belter just with that in mind. Um, so I've, I've lent the way of she's, she's a belter over sharp and smart political debate. I think pretty much any three of them could win. Um, on, on sort of the way that they've been going lately. Um, I, I lent sort of, I just slightly lent the way political debate over sharp and smart because I thought there might be, you know, there's been so much hype around him um, and it can't all be, it can't all be FUD, but from barrier nine, I thought it'd be interesting to see if political debate does just get ridden completely cold again at the back because uh, obviously his, his, his run at Eagle Farm in the Champagne Classic was, was similar to how I think he'll get ridden this weekend. And if he does get ridden towards the back like that, um, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll be a different horse and maybe that's just sort of the style that he needs. Um, and sharp and smart alternate perspective, I guess, he's drawn barrier five now. So will he be um, sort of bustled out of the gates a little bit to try and hold a spot. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, either way, I think she, she's a belt is the one over both of those. There's a horse in this race as well that I, I have a bit of an opinion of, um, and it's Owen County. Um, but the query here is, is obviously the dry track. He's had three starts on three bog tracks um, for two wins and a third placing. So It'll be interesting to see how he goes on the surface. I probably won't be backing him, um, but yeah, it's just one that I've got my eye on as as a pretty talented two-year-old. There are plenty of talented two-year-olds in this race, um, but yeah, she's a belt is the one that I think I'll be backing if I if I have a play on the weekend. So that's about enough for the two-year-olds, and we move on to race eight, which is the feature race of the day, the final group one, the Stradbroke. Go the Stratty. The Stratty. Go the Stratty. Great race. Well, it's pretty much pretty much the same, pretty much the same field as the Kingsford Smith two weeks ago. But um, you know, a few substitutions here and there. One, one in heavily in the market, Ayrton, which uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to have any comments on that horse, Jason. But we had a we had a bit of a chat about him before the pod. <laughs> Ayrton. Ayrton, give it up. Where, where are the oh. followers? Put your hands up. Go to the corner. Go into a mirror. Have a long, hard look at yourself. Mm. Not wrong. Not awesome. wrong. Settle down. Settle down. Big comparison. <laughs> Big comparisons for this bloke. Settle, settle down. Don't, don't get caught mm. up in the Mick Price. You know, fucking... Uh, yeah, you, you, yeah. You'll, yeah. Do, mate, you'll, you'll do your ass. And you'll lose your brain. You'll lose your mind if you listen to trainers like him. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Great trainer. Great trainer. But, oh, the raps he puts on horses. Oh, jeez. Oh, there's a horse really? by I reckon him. he's a champion. I reckon oh. Eden's a champion. If I owned him, I think he's a champion too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't own him. And I'm not deluded. I'm still trying to figure out what happened to that horse that Mick Price named the best two-year-old he's ever trained in his life. Pro profiteer? What, what, what has he profited since he's done that? 
Not much. Not much. Just, just dangerous. You don't put the curse on the horse. Don't put the mock on the horse, calling it a champion when it's clearly not a champion yet. Yet wrong, that might wrong. all change. A Stradbroke next to his name. Um, you can't call him a champion off a Stradbroke win, but you can call him a, a very smart horse at that time. So um, yes, as as Blake alluded to, the Kingsman Smith has been the main lead-up race. I'm just gonna go straight into my selections uh since we're a bit time pressed here. Private eye on top for me. Um, funnily enough, in that Kingsford Smith, upon watching the replay, he actually jumped the best out of any horse. But however, he was drawn barrier 12 and it would be going against his racing style and going against probably the entire target race by bustling him out of the gate. So, but yeah, Dullard just picked up the reins, picked up the bridle and said, he's back, young fella. We're just got to get back here for a run. But um, in hindsight, if Mr. Abdullah had his time over again, and he knew that the race was going to be run at an absolute crawling tempo where Apache Chase and Pulalia, the two horses out in the lead, basically sat there the whole entire time. He might have bustled him up a little bit. Funnily enough, he does draw a better barrier here, which makes you think he will sit either. I'd like to think if he gets a start right like he did last time, I'd, let's say three back the fence. I'm not going to pretend that I'm expecting to get leaders back because that might be asking way too much of the horse. But that might be the wrong part to be um tomorrow but we are we are getting around 15 dollars, so we can have a bit of a dabble on dabble and the other horse that i want to mention here has been a late late inclusion for my tips law of indices um i was doing the rose hill trials the other day and he just poked through the line there i, p- I put a few notes on law of indices um and then i just watched that kingsford smith run back here he drew 16 of 16 was um, back and wide the entire way of Rachel King on board. Doesn't draw much better here. However, as I already mentioned, it was a slowly run race. Blake's already pointed out, and he probably will point out again, that he ran home with the second fastest last 200 metres out of that race in 11.26. Only beaten by on Trivier, 11.22. We know how good she's going currently. So, Law of Indices, he's always promised a lot um, since coming over here. His form overseas is absolutely elite. He's a Group 1 winner overseas. J-Mac jumping on board. I'm sure he's had offers to ride the majority of these horses. Um, so I find that quite interesting. Might be a bit of a, a plan in motion here for J-Mac and Law of Indices. He's let me down once, but uh, hopefully he doesn't let me down again, the big fella. Yeah, well, I think you're uh, I think you're having a having a cheeky squeeze at my notes, Jason, because you've taken two off my hands already. And um, the third... I don't honestly, I honestly can't figure out why you're not on her because you're on her every other bloody start. But um, not last think, week, not last time. Yeah, <laughs> not last week, not last week. But she's in my sack file goodness. now. She's in my sack file. She's like, yeah, honestly. But no, no, I'm, I'm taking the piss. I love her. I love her. But yeah, you mentioned you, you say her name. It brings a tear to my eye talking about uh, her. Good old, good old Brooklyn, Brooklyn hustle. She's um, thirteen group ones for nothing. Jack squat. So, you know, she's been a good thing beaten in about 12 of them. <laughs> it's I was going to say, it's probably the biggest lie you'll ever read in the form guide. Because like, if you're looking at from a breeding perspective in 10 years' time, you're probably looking at, oh, out of Brooklyn Hustle. Why the hell do these guys keep running at group one level if she was never any good at that level? Um, <laughs> I reckon she's run fourth about 10 times in group one, and she's been held up at some stage. Disgusting. Yeah, it is. And... I mean, last start was was not too much better. Um, upon watching the replay, Oof. she was drawn in barrier three, and I think um, I think the whole setup was just the wrong 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 setup for her. You, you see a good gate, and with a horse like this, it's it's almost a negative. Um, I think with the pattern that we that we potentially might see on Saturday, I think this race sets up far better for her than last race did. Um, albeit she'll have to overcome plenty of adversity and she'll be well back and it's a very low percentage play, but, you know, huge double figure odds. I think there's worse that you can do. Craig Williams aboard, unless she gets willowed, um, which... She has been. Uh, yeah, she, you can't, I can't say she hasn't been, but uh, he's somehow won on, won on her before. So, um, yeah, we just got to close our eyes, cross our fingers and hope, I guess, but... Big odds, um, twenty six bucks. I mean, so is Private Eye and Laws of Indices. I think they, I think there is plenty of value to be had in this race. I don't, I don't understand why Apache Chase is ten bucks in this race. He ran in the race last year and completely faded out of it late. 
Um, he ran, he, he got the 1300 last time. He's seven starts for six wins, track and distance. But the way this race looks on paper with Rothfire, Buffalo River, Emerald Kingdom drawn under Apache Chase, there's going to be far more tempo than there was last time. And Apache Chase barely won. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he's third favorite in the market personally. Um, same similar story with Ayrton. I don't don't understand this the second favoritism for Ayrton, especially from barrier 19. Makes no sense to me. 11-11 probably deserves to be short um, on that last run, but probably too short now. Um, especially when you've got horses like Private Eye, when you see how well they went last time in the Kingsford Smith, now they're drawn perfectly in one and you're getting 15 bucks versus you know five or six for eleven eleven. So Plenty of value, I think, to be had in the race. There are there are heaps of other interesting runners as well. Frankie Pino, the emergency, um, has ability, and he'll be one that is closing off strongly. Um, yeah, and there's you know the list goes on, but yeah, Private Eye, Laws of Indices, and Brooklyn Hustle are the three for me. So, um, I, what do you think, Jason? We get into the the hundred dollar competition. We will, and we'll start off with the JJ. I'm just keeping it. I was going to say short and sweet, but that makes. It's the opposite. I'm going to keep it sharp and smart. $75 the win. $25 the win on Brosnan. So that, that is my absolutely get out of jail whack. And if he was to salute, I'm looking at a big payday. Going straight against you, Jason. I've just had a, had a quick little edit here. I'm, I'm going 100 on the nozzy. She's oh, a I belter. I reckon, um, I reckon there's a bit of, bit of a margin there for her with, um, with the setup. So Stradbroke. I'm going 25 each way. I've changed my um, selections here from half an hour ago, actually. Uh, 25 each way. Pivot Air um, from Barry Pivot White. Pivot Air. <laughs> um, uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's a... Yeah, I, I can't spell, obviously. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a song called Private Eye or something. There's some There's some old guy called Michael Abbott that just keeps singing it to me. Anyway, um, and I'm having 25 each way. Or he, just, or he just loves the horse. <laughs> One of the two. Yes, and I'm having 25 each way on laws of indices. I don't know what that means, but good on it. Similar, uh, similar play. I'm having 25 each way. Private eye. You've you've just copy pasted me there, Jason, but spelled it wrong. And yeah. um, I'm having a little bit less, 15 each way on laws of indices, just so there's room to have 10 each way on Brooklyn Hustle, just in case Willow gets up. Oh, I just can't remember that day that she was 7.15 to what, 3.20? And Don't talk got, to me. Got the Don't seven. talk to me. I'm going to change my bets. Don't talk to me. I'll change my bets. Willows. All right. Best bits around the around the ground. Blake. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, plenty of plenty of black bookers, as usual, going around on the weekend. Um, Kiss Sum is one of them. Numerian's another one of them. But there are a few I want to mention apart from the races that we've already covered. And one of them is Vitruvius at Sandown in race seven. Uh, he ran on a Wednesday, I think, well, well, how long was it now? 10 days ago or something. It was um, the day before the Gosford Punners Club. That's the one. It was. We were, uh, Mate, I, I, I hope you had money on it because I said to you, if this horse is going as well as I think it is, this is the day to be on and um, was I've never seen a horse run so awkwardly up the straight, but it still got up um, and it still got up pretty easily. So that was a midweek uh, win, but the Sir Davy form is absolutely elite right now. And Vitruvius has that in spades. So I think Vitruvius at, at a great, um, a great price. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, rush to catch what price he is but i believe all he's of about, eight dollars on dabble or yeah, i was gonna say seven so Dabble's giving you a little bit bit of a uh bit of a boost to that seven dollars that i'd give you mm. but um yeah i think vitruvius is is one to one to watch on the weekend and the other is turbo at morphville in race four this oh. horse if you if you watch his first up run at caulfield it was insane like it was Wider than wider than anything I've ever seen at Caulfield and flying home, missed fourth um, by a very, very slim margin. He meets a smart horse um, by the name of Extra Time, I think. And um, that that horse that horse has run run a couple of seconds in a row now, but I think on that run that, that Turbo put in, um, I, I reckon he's got the edge. 
um, in that race, but it will definitely be between those top, those two for me. Um, yeah, like I said, I've got a few others that, that I am interested in on the day. Ida was pretty unlucky um, not to, not to run, finish closer last time and goes around in race five at Ramwick. Uh, same race as Niffler. So I think it's between those two. They've got form around each other two starts ago. They ran one, two and um, Ida looked to win that pretty easily over Niffler, the same weight scale this time. So Ida and Niffler in, in that race will be interesting to see. Um, just looking down the page of the Black Bookers, Oscar Zulu and Knight of Power in race seven at Ramwick. I think Oscar Zulu is going really, really well. Just disregard the eight and the zero next to his name. Um, yeah, plenty and plenty of things have gone wrong for him lately. Um, and I think barrier three uh, this time back to Sydney, bit of a wetter track. He definitely prefers that. And up to the mile, it's interesting. So I'll be having a look at Oscar Zulu in race seven at Randwick. Those are just a few that I've rattled off. Anything stand out for you, Jason? Uh, a horse that we mentioned in this podcast already. I think you might know which one it is. I use the M word. Morale. Eagle Farm, race four, number two, flying crazy. Call me crazy, but he has won three of his last five starts. The only time he didn't win was on a wet track in the Carbine Club Stakes against a smart horse that Blake will soon be doing form on. Straight Aaron, Hong Kong bound. Mm -hmm. um, and then last time in the in the Fred Best Classic, Uth Bunda just oh, got absolutely... Oh. Just got absolutely just just saw bundas everywhere. Didn't didn't see <laughs> bunda left, bunda right, a bunda a middle. So uh, no bundas out in the car park in the cheap seats. He's drawn the visitors <laughs> spot number eight. Um, and funnily enough, horse directly outside him in telephone booth. He's got to go handlebars down. There's no way Toowoomba form's got to stack up here. See Williams in the saddle. Click him up. Ensure a fast tempo for flying crazy to fly right over the top of them. i got no idea what's gone in this horse in these last couple of runs, but far out, he's going good. Flying crazy. Mm, he's flying crazy, isn't he? He's dead set. Um, horse. Yeah, well, just before we sign off on probably the longest podcast we'll ever do, um, the last at Ramwick, you can't not have something on Blesk. That dumb race. Dumb, dumb race. The form that Blesk's got compared to a lot of these horses is is insane third third in a race crystal pegasus ran second in second to brooksbeer third to hollyfield and two big fire you look at this field and the form is just not there um compared to blesk barrier one first up stats five starts two wins two seconds haven't looked at the trials at all but on paper they look good a second and a first in the last two of them so um yeah john o'shea is, a, is still a great trainer in sydney he's one of the best um and he loves finding finding these horses in the last few races uh, at Ramwick and Rose Hill. He absolutely loves it. So I, I honestly, I honestly expect Bless to firm from the seven bucks there. But um, yeah, get around it. Beautiful. All right. I just want to say thank you to you, Blake, for joining me um, and helping me out a lot this season. It's been a huge season. Uh, this will be the final episode of season two. So. I hope all the listeners have enjoyed the filthy fill-ups um, that we've delivered, uh, not on a week-to-week -week basis like season one. However, we have feel like we have profited in some capacity across season two. Uh, been a bit of an interrupted season two with a few uh, issues either way, Blake being in Melbourne sometimes, me being bloody on Greyhound duty, um, <laughs> and then just wet tracks, ruining meetings. So it's been a very interrupted season two. But I uh, just, yeah, just want to say thank you to everyone that tunes in on a weekly basis. Uh, thank you to all of the people that give very nice comments and DMs, as well as everyone at Dabble for supporting us for season two. Can't wait to be back in the spring for season three. Uh, yep. Hopefully we've Dabble by our side once again. So we've got to talk to the bosses at Dabble to see if they're going to let us back on. Blake. Yep. Final words to round off season two. I'll leave it in your hands. Yeah, no, thank, thank you, Jason, for uh, for keeping me involved. It's um, it's a very exciting part of the week, tipping some horses on a Thursday night or a Friday night, and um, yeah, given hopefully giving a few uh, fill ups to the to the punters who are who are listening in as well. So thanks to all the listeners, thanks to you, Jason, and yeah, thanks to Double. Like you said, um, yeah, they've been very kind in supporting the podcast and uh yeah hopefully bigger things to come in the spring i'm very very keen for season three and um yeah the um 
the outlook for the future of this podcast. So mm. keep uh, keep following and keep get, getting your pockets filled. As the sun sets in the east and western parts of Sydney and I can no longer see Blake's face, I will say best of luck to all our followers and listeners to have a huge day of racing at Eagle Farm and hopefully you're back a few winners. Best of luck and God bless. See you in season three, baby. Let's go.